if if you work in a cubicle farm the way we do, uh, you probably end up eating at your desk. We eat at our desks all the time. And what that means is that your keyboard is covered in crumbs. It's, it's pretty gross. Uh, and it's a hard thing to clean. There's a lot of nooks and crannies. But we have a tip uh, that, that will help you out. And all it requires is a simple office supply, something you should have at your desk. It's a Post-it note. And what you do is you take the Post-it note and the sticky part, you fold it over so you have like two sides, of, of so that both sides are sticky. And you just run it along between the keys, and it, it picks up all the, the stuff. Now, I've never done this before. Have you done this before? I have not. I've not. I, I just heard about it. Uh, and so I thought what we would do is we would clean out our uh, keyboards together and talk about what we find. <laughs> all right. All right, I'm going in. Going in. Where are you starting at? Uh, under the Q level, over the A level. Okay. You, it's, you I'll, I'll like, do the same thing. You just make a little train. Just run it through there. So there's, there's something so big under my B <laughs> that I, I can't move it. I realized I was just pushing a lot of things under the caps lock. All right, so what'd you get? Well, really, just mostly dust. I got a lot of hair. A lot of hair and dust. Whose hair is it? Looks like your hair. It's red. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Mike. And I'm Ian. Today marks 97 straight episodes without LeVar Burton. Come on, LeVar. Uh, on today's show, we're going to tell you how to sit. At an award show. It's a very specific kind of sitting. But first, hey Taft, what can we help you with? Well, I'm actually wanting to know, um, well, a little backstory here. I was listening to the radio uh, the other day, and I had a I heard a commercial, a commercial jingle, and I had it stuck in my head all day, and I thought I should call you guys and ask, how do you compose a jingle? What, what is the jingle? Can you sing it for us? Well, I'll, I'll perform it for you to the best of my ability. My favorite part of the jingle is the very end when he says, today. So it goes, 800-588-2300, Empire, today. That that was wow. beautiful. You like that? You can appreciate the fact that these guys know what they're doing. That's a catchy jingle. I don't know. I gotta give I gotta give credit to the guys who wrote that song because uh, it certainly worked. All right. So just to repeat, what tell us your question again? Well, how do you how do you go how do you compose a catchy jingle? Well, I think I think we can help you out. Okay, I appreciate it, guys. And uh, I don't I don't know if you heard, but um, I meant to ask you during this too, but. Uh, if you guys have any availability for interns during the month of March, except for the second week of March, we'd be happy to help you out. Okay. Sure. Yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot of competition for that position. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty rigorous. Can you but lift over 40 pounds? I can, lift, I can lift more than 40 pounds over my head. All right, well, we, you know, we'll, we'll certainly consider your application, and um, you know, when somebody from our office will get in touch with you shortly. Yeah, we'll get back to you, Taft. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Well, I think we, I, I think we have somebody who can help Taft out. Yeah, uh, Barry Manilow, you've you've written more than a few jingles, right? I have. So what uh, what are some of the the jingles that you've done? Well, there were loads of jingles uh, back when I started doing that, um, and that was in the seventies. Uh, but the ones that they still play are uh, the State Farm one. Uh, State Farm is there, like a good neighbor. State Farm is there, <laughs> and uh, the other one that they play now and again is I am stuck on a bandaid. So those are the two that I wrote that uh, they still play. But there were dozens more over the years and the, the three or four years that I was involved in it, uh, from Kentucky Fried Chicken to uh, uh, 
Tropicana to uh, uh, the um, uh, 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 Zit Cream uh, <laughs> that they aired on the uh, young people stations like Dick Clark's American Bandstand, and, uh, American Airlines, and uh, Bank of America, and a load of jingles that I that I had uh, something to do with. So you mentioned uh, Band Aid and State Farm, which are you know the classics. Is there one that you did that uh, you really thought was great that uh, you know didn't catch on quite quite as much as those did? Well, here's here's what the deal is. Uh, I don't know whether they still work like this. Uh, what I, what 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 would happen is I would get a phone call uh, from the agent who was uh, representing the product, uh, and they would say. Um, uh, well, for State Farm, they said they wanted a ballad. They wanted a a, a, a pretty melody for this uh, company, and then they would give you the lyric. Uh, they would they would they would give you the the hook line, which is State Farm is there, and then they would give you the whole lyric whenever you're driving and whenever wherever you're bound, and they would get down to like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So I would put that on the piano, and I would try to come up with the catchiest melody I could uh, that, that would be memorable, and it would have to happen in 15 seconds. And I would submit mine, and 20 other guys would submit theirs, and whoever came up with the catchiest melody would get the spot. Wow. Uh, so now the question is, how do you write a catchy jingle? And the answer is, nobody knows. <laughs> nobody, because that's like asking, asking, how do you write a song? Nobody knows. Uh, John Lennon said, you know, try to make it rhyme and give it a backbeat. You know, <laughs> uh, you know that's about as close as you could get how to write a pop song. But as far as the jingle goes, you try to write the catchiest melody you can write that will work in 15 seconds. Uh, and those were really good days for me because it was the beginning of my pop music career, and it really helped me to uh, focus in on writing catchy melodies. Uh, you know, Copacabana can't be any catchier, and, um, you know, I learned about that uh, by, by having to write the catchiest melody in 15 seconds. One story that I remember is that I went up for an American Airlines commercial, and uh, it was pretty good, but I ended it with, I forget what the lyric was, uh, something special in the air, and my melody went, something special in the air, and they said, you nearly got it, but you can't go down on the melody on an airline commercial. It has to go up. (laughs) (laughs) That made sense, you know. <laughs> the airline commercial doesn't want their melody to end going down. Yeah. Well, you know, I wrote one called the uh, the Bathroom Bowl Blues. That was a low point for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and I had to write a blues to I got the Bathroom Bowl Blues. <laughs> that, that was a low point. So uh, one of the other jingles that you wrote is for Kentucky Fried Chicken. And that is a that's another one, kind of like State Farm, where there's almost a little story going on. Uh, could you talk about the lyrics to to that particular jingle? 
Well, I I didn't write that one. I arranged it. I sang on it. I, uh, I, I, I but I didn't write that one. But you know that's that's another good example. Uh, the Kentucky Fried Chicken one was uh, how the heck did that go again? Um, oh, well, that was get a bucket of chicken, finger licking good. I mean that is really a catchy melody, and that started that 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 jingle started off right at the top. Of of uh, uh, of the hook, uh, there was no beginning to that to that jingle. It just started on the hook. It didn't start off with uh, you know when you're hungry or you know <laughs> you know yes. when you when your family needs. It just started off. Bang! Get a bucket of chicken. That's almost a threat. Yeah. Get a bucket of chicken. <laughs> I gotta say, hearing you sing that made me want to go get a bucket of chicken. So do you uh, do you uh, perform? Your jingles uh, well, in, in concert. Early in the, in the early days, uh, when I began my performing career, and I this was even before Mandy, uh, I knew uh, that I needed something uh, for the audience to recognize uh, because I had no. I had my first album out, and there were no hits on that first album. And uh, in desperation, I put together a medley of all the jingles that I had done. And that it, it went over it was like oh my goodness it was headlines in every review um, that I have done you know a medley of these jingles and it was the hit song of my early show. There's barking in the kitchen, yelling in the hall, ringing at the doorbell, pounding on the wall. Kids out of sight and kids in the way. No time to cook on this hectic day. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Get a bucket of chicken, think a lick is good. Have a barrel of fun, goodbye, ho-hum. Say hello to your family, come on, everyone. Get a chunky fried chicken, have a barrel of fun. Uh, just like Pacquiao or what? It's Reparato with yet another one. Did you do bathroom bowl blues? I did, I'm sorry to say, yes. <laughs> Well, Barry Manilow, thank you so much for your time. I'm sure Taft is going to take this, and maybe if he if he has success, he'll bring back the era of jingles to commercials. Right, we'll just tell him to write a hook, write a great hook in 15 seconds, and he's on his way.
Barry Manilow is performing Manilow on Broadway through March 2nd at the St. James Theatre in New York. And then it'll be on the road in theaters across the country. You can find more information at barrymanilow.com. Right, we heard from Lena, who listens to our podcast uh, while taking the bus to school. Lena, these next 15 seconds are for you. See, with every piece of you. Yeah, you could, uh, you could really sit to a song like this. This helps with the smell of the bus. This song kind of takes the edge off. Puts me in a different space. Mm. Like I'm, not, I'm not sitting on a bus anymore. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Wherever I am, the seats aren't uncomfortable. I'm not on the bus anymore. So on Sunday night, if you were watching the uh, Oscars, you may have noticed when they came back from a commercial break, there were all these people milling about. There was a lot of commotion. Now, some of those people were celebrities, but most of them were seat fillers, people whose job it is is to go sit in the seats that the celebrities vacate when they get up and go to the bathroom. Now, Jen and Audra, were, uh, they're with us now. They were seat fillers at the uh, Screen Actors Guild Awards, the SAG Awards. We show up, and, I mean, it, it is uh, not as glamorous when you first show up. You are standing around for a few hours. And you're usually in a parking garage at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> really? They keep you guys corralled separately somewhere else? Um, they do. We're hidden away in a room. Okay. <laughs> in a line, single file. Wow. Yeah, you show up about three hours before showtime, and yeah. you show up camera ready, so to speak. So you show up in your gown and with your makeup on, and they start up by giving you a speech about how it's all going to work, and um, then you kind of move over to the auditorium, and they give you beverages and snacks and everything to keep you occupied, but you are typically waiting a few hours before anything happens. And, it, and, so. and in that in that speech, uh, do they tell you anything that surprises you? Well, they're... <laughs> they make sure to relay the rules because there are a lot of rules involved with seat filling. Uh-huh. Um, number one being no autograph seeking, no pictures, no being inappropriate, no eating the food off the table or <laughs> taking something off the table. Uh, things that you would think would be obvious but aren't always. Are you allowed to participate in the conversations that are happening around the table? Um, usually you don't initiate, but um, sure, people have definitely turned to us and initiated conversation. Uh, Jen and I actually sat with Brad and Angelina no, uh, no. one year, and they were very nice and talked to us for a little while. Really? So we definitely have gotten a chance to talk with some of them. Wait, yeah, is- and I have a major crush on LL Cool J, <laughs> and I found myself sitting next to him last year. And he was so sweet and kept initiating conversation with me. So who am I to turn that down? Yeah. Of course. course. The ladies love that guy. So when someone gets up, so you guys are at this award ceremony. Someone gets up, they leave the table. How are you guys as seat fillers deployed? Well, we're waiting in a long line on the sidelines. So there's probably at least 100 people as seat fillers. And um, you kind of wait your turn. So... When you get to the front, you'll be in a group of people that's kind of taken into the thick of things, and then they'll seat you, you know, where needed. But sometimes if they know that you kind of like a particular celebrity or a certain show, sometimes uh, the the producers, so to speak, will throw you a bone and sit you at that table. Now, uh, knowing that, that this is part of the whole operation, I, I have to imagine that, like, commercial breaks, that it's just, there's just so many, there's so many people moving around and... Really, being there must be nothing like what we see on TV. Well, there's a lot of merriment. In the commercials, there's a lot of socializing and 
people moving from point A to point B. And actually, Audra and I, um, we kind of like going to the bathroom. <laughs> um, well, just, wow, just when you actually have sentence. to go. I mean, don't go in there gratuitously. But um, it's it's just so surreal to be putting on your lipstick next to uh, Michelle Williams or something like that. I think there's two misconceptions when people see the award shows on television. One, these rooms are very small. They look much bigger on television. Hmm. So you are really squished in this room, which is not a bad place to be, but uh, with all of these uh, different personalities. And then if it's a live show, you really only have the commercial break to move around. And I was remembering one of the first shows that I worked on, and uh, I got stuck on a commercial in between George Clooney and Johnny Depp. Not a bad place to be. And the show came back on, and there we were. And we had to actually squat down to look like we were sitting in chairs. Wait, you did squats? Basically like a long squat with George Clooney and Johnny Depp? I did. So when you guys are doing your job of of filling seats, are you at all worried about your posture? (laughs) Wow, I've never thought about that. Like you're not supposed to like sit like the person whose seat you're filling. To like to like mimic their posture if there's if it's a slouchy guy <laughs> no, you don't have to be slouchy. We're not being a stand-in per se. You know okay. we're not we're not uh, supposed to double for that person. Um, and usually the camera won't be on you if you're filling the seat. It's more for the picture, how the ballroom looks. You know you don't want a lot of empty seats. But I have to say, my husband, um, he came to the American Music Awards a few years ago, and he ended up seat filling next to Bruno Mars, who won an award. And he was about three seats away from him and just happened to have this camera moment where (laughs) a million people saw him. And and there was a freeze frame of it. And he's kind of doing this slow clap clap. type thing. (laughs) (laughs) So you definitely can get caught on camera uh, at times. Well, Audra, Jen, thank you guys so much for, for talking to us. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. We are still collecting your Toilets of the Week. Send your nominations to howto at npr.org. And this week's toilet comes from our listener, Greg. And his nomination is unique uh, because for the first time ever in our Toilet of the Week survey, we have a toilet that is a person. It's a Roger... Toilet Bennett. He is. He goes by the handle Toilet. He's not actually a functioning toilet. He's a soccer analyst for Grantland. Uh, Roger, congratulations. It's an honor to have been nominated in, in such a uh, such an erudite space. This is actually the first toilet. You were the first toilet we've ever actually talked to. Oh, truly. That's from, I'm sure there's far more intelligent toilets, uh, even inanimate ones, than myself <laughs> for you to have on the show. But why don't we rock it? Fire right. away. Well, so uh, you were nominated by our listener, Greg, and he told us that uh, you, Roger Bennett, have the nickname Toilet. <laughs> a self-appointed nickname, I think, yes. Well, how did, how did you get it? Well, we have a show, not unlike yours, but uh, um, a, a cheaper, nastier version called Men in Blazers, <laughs> uh, which is on, uh, on Grandland. Uh, it's a, uh, a soccer as you say in America, soccer-oriented uh, production. Right. Uh, I think back in uh, back last year, at some point, someone sent in a raven, a letter, um, asking us for the best football nicknames, the best nicknames in world football. So we discussed the Ginger Ninja, uh, the <laughs> four skulls. We talked about um, there's a player called Michael Mansion, whose nickname is Haunted, the Haunted Mansion. 
Oh, that's um, good. And um, there's a great player called Fit Hall, whose uh, nickname is One Size. Um, <laughs> Dave, um, and Davis asked me if I could have any nickname in the world, what would it be? And our show, unlike yours, is deeply suboptimal. We aspire to mediocrity. Yep. And so the, 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 the player that came to mind, whose nickname I always admired, was a, a, a mediocre centre-forward for Manchester United in the late 80s, early 90s, called uh, Brian McClare, who was such a mediocre performer, his own fans call him Toilet. <laughs> Brian the Toilet McClare, because his play was always so crap. <laughs> and, um, and that's what stuck. From, uh, we have listeners who are very active. We get some hundreds and hundreds of toilet plungers, uh, out of, toilet out of order, uh, signs in various dubious bathrooms across your great country. Well, let me ask you this: since this is caught on as your nickname, uh, like if you're walking down the street and somebody says "toilet," do you turn around? Do you? Oh yeah, this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I would not be. Uh, you wouldn't have to shout it twice at this point. It's become <laughs> fully internalized, and like Pavlov's dog, I'd be salivating. So when you're when you're back in England, Roger, do they call you Lou? <laughs> You know, I've not been back since the self-appointed nickname has uh, kind of melded and superseded my own. But I am going back in about three weeks' time, so maybe we can do a follow-up and I can update you, but I like that. That'd be great. It's probably what my mother would call me. Well, Roger, congratulations. You are our Toilet of the Week. I'm absolutely on the gem. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care. Rock on. Roger co-hosts the Men in Blazers podcast on Grantland. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? I learned that sometimes a jingle doesn't have to be uh, so much catchy as frightening. Threatening. Yeah, get a bucket of chicken. Yeah. It's like something is going to happen. Yeah. Like if I don't do this, someone's going to get hurt. Yeah. Get a bucket of chicken. We've got your family. I learned that there are some really great nicknames in soccer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Toilet is a terrible nickname, but yeah. one size fits all. Yeah. Did you ever have a nickname? Nope. How about you? Uh, chili. Mm-hmm. Chili dog. Uh, muscles. That's not true. That's not true. Hey, you know what, though? Uh, if you're listening and you don't have a nickname, but you need somebody to give give you one, send us your name. We'll give you a nickname. And probably an internship. <laughs> How to Do Everything is produced by Blythe Haga with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Taft. Surprise! Good job, Taft. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And visit our website at howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.